0: Welcome to the podcast that transcends awareness into practice. In this season entitled Harmony in Relationships, we will explore together the steps in the dance of relationship. Each episode builds on the one that preceded it. I present your question. You question, I respond. Hello, this is Yolanda Kumidu. Welcome to my podcast. Bianca, again, with your questions about conflict. Um, Yeah, conflict uh, is is a necessary evil, (laughs) (laughs) or not necessarily evil, um, but part of relationships. It's normal, it's natural, it's healthy. And you
1: are coming with some questions. Yeah, I can't believe I'm brave enough to question this topic, but yeah, I have a few questions for you. All right. So first I want to say there were a lot of new insights I've gained from listening to the previous episode, which was great. And the gist of everything I got was that conflict is healthy and inevitable. As you mentioned, Um, sometimes we think that conflict is bad, like you said, and I learned that. It's not necessarily. So something I hear in every day is relationships are about communication and compromise. I always hear those two things. And I wanted to know what exactly a healthy compromise looks like. You mentioned how sometimes you have to act almost not like yourself at times in your relationship. So to me, I took that as a compromise. And how do you know what you should compromise or what you should stand strong with as a boundary? This is your first
0: question. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I I don't, I, I have no idea how to answer that because I don't think there is the answer for that. The only thing that I know is that um, when you compromise and they're still in digestion and they're still mulling over and um, there's no calmness and serenity. I think it's such a, a great question, but it's also such an individual answer. Okay. You know, in, individual, it, it has to be individually answered by each person and each couple. Because, um, um, and the only thing that I can come up with is that when you compromise, so what is compromising, number one? Okay. Um, yes, a part of it is um, agreeing mm-hmm. or accepting something you don't agree, um, but it's you made um, peace with it within yourself. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you still don't like it, you still don't agree, or going out of yourself and and um, unlike yourself, you accept something, okay, okay, but then, if the same thing theme of conflict keeps coming up, um, it means that. It still needs more work. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also might mean that it has not been cleared at all. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be brought up again. But I think that the one sign that each individual is really up to each person is if it, it just doesn't bring calmness serenity mm, mm-hmm. inside it continues to be eating you
1: yeah i guess maybe i can use an example that would be very yeah. helpful because i was thinking how in a lot of situations there is no right or wrong and it's just dependent on the person right so for example if you're with someone and they like to go out a lot on the weekends and party and drink and that's not something you are comfortable with or you believe in, or you just don't like that, like you're judging that. So I could think in that example, maybe a compromise in the middle would be, okay, maybe the person doesn't go every weekend, they pick and choose. But if a person is so stuck on no, it's a no for me, never can happen.
0: It's like, what do you do in that
1: situation?
0: That would be a big problem, especially if the other person is stuck on Nope, this is who I am. You cannot tell me. Uh, You cannot put uh, restrictions on me. And you, uh, both people stay in extreme positions Mm -hmm. and there's no movement at all. So it's not that, so if someone likes to party every weekend um, when single, Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then getting into a relationship and they continue to do that. Um, it's, it's nothing wrong with that uh, because the single person is still alive. But one, one um, freedom that you give away when you get into a relationship is that more agreements have to be reached Mm -hmm. with the other person and now there's another person to be taken into consideration of um habits and way of life you had before so the person that liked to party every weekend um and uh, now the partner doesn't want that it's not that they say don't come with me it's just they don't want to go out that person the partier (laughs) (laughs) um there has to be some some uh shift not to be you see if if the partner expects them to stop it completely that's a problem because now they want them to go completely to their Mm -hmm. extreme and Mm -hmm. that is not going to happen that creates a problem that can gather resentments Mm, so compromising is means moving both people moving from their original position a bit Oh, okay, so it's on both people. Both people have to move, have to do a, 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 a some kind of, uh, they cannot stay in their position. Because that's what conflicts are, is, is I disagree with you, so you have to see my point, and you have to come to my team. Yes. <laughs> and there's no moving to each other's team. It's just moving a bit from your position, from both. That. Clarifies so much. <laughs> I was looking at compromise as
1: one person compromises something that they don't like. Uh, yeah, I was looking at it differently. Ah, yeah. you're yeah. looking at it totally
0: selfishly. Yeah, yeah, other- <laughs> actually, <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, wow, that was kind of selfish. But yeah, the other person should come in my my side. No, it it doesn't work like compromise is not that. Compromise is. You both lose something and you both gain something, uh, some peace in the relationship. That's that's the benefit. But if you dig your heels where you are and expect the other person to come and find you where you're at, uh, that's that's a problem.
1: That's interesting, because in my mind, if this were my situation, I'm on the side where you're not allowed to go out. And the person doesn't go out as much. I still, I still wouldn't feel like I got my way.
0: You didn't, yeah. <laughs> so but but, but it's true, you didn't. Yeah. But um, you got a percentage. Yeah. So they moved, and you moved. You moved in the fact that you didn't get hundred percent. You moved in agreeing to get, I don't know, fifty percent or eighty yeah. percent.
1: Okay, that makes a lot more sense. And I guess that kind of leads into the next thing that you mentioned. And I bet a lot of listeners are wanting to know more about how it's always 50-50. And in that case, I see that. how it's 50-50. 50-50, you mean contribution in the conflict? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And I tried so hard to find an example where it's not 50-50 for you <laughs> to challenge you. Um, and I'm sure you did. Yeah, I think I, I I don't know. We'll see. So, can I share my example? Okay, of
0: course.
1: So, I'll use one for myself. Where my fiance, he's a bit impatient. He admits this himself. And if I'm driving, and he's a passenger, he always complains about my driving, and says you're going too slow. We're never gonna get there. And All this stuff. And we always end up in in an argument over it. So for me, it's like, I'm following the law, the speed limit. I'm being safe. We're not in a rush. So why, how am
0: I wrong in this situation? For a speeder, you are more than wrong. You shouldn't exist. (laughs) (sighs) So it's again, those those habit patterns that if a fast driver, the correct way to drive and avoid accidents is to drive fast. That's the logic. I mean, your fiance is not here (laughs) to offense for himself, but I can safely say that's his uh, credo, (laughs) that's his uh, belief. So the, the, how, secure and convinced you are that you are right he on on his side he feels the exact intensity of conviction wow wow and and what the example you brought actually (sighs) is so frequent with couples and driving Mm. One drives, the other corrects, the one is too slow, the other is too fast, uh, too dangerous. Um, and it's <laughs> it's an ongoing uh, uh, challenge. Yeah. And some discussion and agreement, if a discussion and agreement is not reached before the two of you get in the car, it's going to be a fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are many options. Taking two cars, the one drives more than the other, um, and 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 some boundaries that whoever drives has the power, and the other doesn't have uh, mm. doesn't have a say. Mm-hmm. Um, because when he drives, I'm sure if he drives faster, you might have a bit of anxiety. I do, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and it's a predictable pattern. Whenever he's getting in with you, he knows you will go the speed limit. Whenever you get in with him, you know he will go (laughs) over the speed limit. So it's an expectation. Um, And uh, I mean, at at the extreme way to avoid fights, you take two cars. I mean, some people do that just to avoid that because... It's it's very difficult when you feel unsafe yeah, for the other to convince you that you should be safe. So in some ways, um, the driver, yes, is in power. They're driving. But also some consideration needs to be paid for the uh, passenger, right? So the 50-50 is that... Both the driver and the passenger have to move a little bit from mm-hmm. what they expect mm. to see.
1: So essentially, I feel unsafe when he drives and he can be
0: feeling unsafe when I'm driving. Right on. That's exactly. That's why he, he makes comments because fast drivers are convinced that drive slowly is more dangerous. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking, cause I was trying to
1: apply the things that you said in the last episode. And I said, what does this say about our personalities? And it actually does reflect because I'm a safe person. I try to avoid anything dangerous and he's very, let's live we're on is, the edge or risky and let's yeah. have fun. Um, you know, I'll sleep when I die. That's something he says. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, So, um, yeah, that also reflects our person personality, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. So the second part of the episode was a lot focused on clearing, which I really appreciated because that is the way to move all of this. And I noticed you purposely did not use the word resolution. You used the word clearing. And I realized
0: because not all
1: conflict will have a resolution. And
0: let's get clear about we didn't reach a resolution. Yes. And just saying that, it's clearing. We are clear that we discuss it and we cannot reach a resolution right now. Even that statement, you see, um, um, it makes it that you're aware there's no resolution Mm -hmm. and you're verbalizing and taking action that for right now, I accept it. Mm -hmm. It's very different that not reaching a resolution and, uh, you know, not reaching a resolution and not and not talking about it and being annoyed by it, th- that is not clearing. Yeah. Clearing is where you end up where you don't, you don't have secret thoughts, about mm-hmm. the other, about the situation that is still uh, secret judgments, mm-hmm. secret attacks mm-hmm. um, that you don't. So, when you catch yourself with after having a conflict and trying to clear it, and you walk away and you hear still some judgments, some questioning, some doubt, the clearing needs more time. And clearing doesn't mean that you can accomplish that in one sitting. Mm -hmm. It can be a meeting and then another and then another over time. Because some relationships, I I think I say it almost in every episode, they're so complicated Mm -hmm. because we are complicated. I am surprised how people stay together. Uh, You know, we bring to different worlds um, that uh, often th- they they hold such a position. So to try to clear it, it takes patience. So if you pers- if one's personality, let's say, is impatient, that can affect how you clear. Mm-hmm. And the clearing is not totally... Yeah, but going back to your question and your statement, uh, yeah, I, I didn't say resolution because... Um, clearing is more important than resolution. That You're clear, of sense. Yeah. yeah, of what is resolved and what is not resolved. And if you didn't resolve, it doesn't mean that it's a problem. It's hiding it that it mm, becomes a problem. problem. So, is it safe to say that if you
1: are open about the judgments you have and how you feel, does that mean they won't come up again if the situation's cleared, or can it still come up?
0: Oh, they always come up. Oh, okay. Because you're not changing who you are. <laughs> you're, you are um, each in, it, it, the beliefs stay, and every situation, let's say, is cleared, but you still hold the beliefs you hold. Mm-hmm. So it will come up again, and that's Okay. Okay. That's all right. I mean, uh, you know, the biggest mistake is that when you meet someone and you see, find things about themselves, about them, and it's like, ah, it's okay. When we are together, they will change. That is the biggest mistake. What you see is what yeah. you get. Yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting because
1: in my own example, too, that I'm just wondering if we're actually clearing things or if... We're not clearing it, and it keeps coming up for me because sometimes I'll bring up the same topic over and over, and then my fiance gets annoyed, and he's like, "Why are we talking about this again?" but maybe because i'm it's
0: not actually being cleared so when we talk about clearing, yes it's talking we are talking about clearing with each other, but there's some clearing that needs to be done within yourself oh. <laughs> Wow, And that, as challenging <laughs> as to clear with another person, clearing things by yourself, about yourself, is even more challenging and can take more time yeah. to explore why something you hold so strong and the, it has so much charge mm. and there's no room for any, any movement there. That is can be called compromise. (laughs) You see, Um, so clearing also. How come it is? It keeps coming up for you. What is it that it's? It's. uh, It it can be with exploring. Yeah.
1: What you hold. That's actually fascinating because again, (laughs) I think he never wants to talk. He never wants to comp. uh, Not compromise. Communicate, and. Now I'm wondering if I'm not doing my part myself of my own clearing. I'm I'm relying on him to do the clearing with me.
0: Mm, yeah. Know, so something... it's both. But I'm going to pick up something else you said. Sure. He's not communicating. He's not mm. talking. <laughs> okay. And that's another very, very uh, common complaint that I hear in couples. Um, not always, but usually is that uh the woman is willing to talk about things and analyze and and yeah, and, <laughs> and the man is more uh, kind of withdrawn shut down or they they have less patience to yeah. do that yeah. and even with that a compromise has to be reached mm. in terms mm. of if that the other person doesn't want to spend too much time discussing um, then the the other partner has to compromise, mm-hmm. meaning moving from their absolute belief that this has to be talked to the death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and some things cannot be cleared. Some things don't need to be talked about. You see, mm-hmm. we talk about communication and dialogue all the time that it, it, it we um, neglect to acknowledge and to honor that some things, and I cannot list, because again, for every couple, for every individual is so unique. Not every, it's okay if not everything is um, processed and talked and dialogue about at a particular time. Sometimes you have to wait. Mm. At a different time, to revisit something. I see. So if someone is showing um, a strong reaction in talking about, it, maybe it's their personality. They just don't believe in dialoguing. They're holding everything in. On the long run, that would be a problem. But um, talking about everything and analyzing everything also is too is too much. That can be an extreme as well. So, where can you meet? When can you say, okay, you don't wanna talk, we don't talk about this, next topic. Okay, you don't wanna talk about this, we don't talk about this. But that, (laughs) I can't believe I'm gonna say this, is ammunition also. (laughs) So, at a certain point, you can come back and say, I compromise, I moved from my position of talking, and we didn't discuss this and this and this, that's okay. But this one needs to be talked about. Mm -hmm. This is so complex. (laughs) It is. Personalities are complex, you see. Uh, The human condition is complex. And um, in the first two episodes, I talked about trust and love, Trust number one, love number two, <laughs> but necessary. Mm-hmm. But even if you have trust and love, you get into other traps. Yeah, yeah. personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the biggest trap. Yeah, and that's why the episode that I talked about, opposites attract. I think that was the third episode um, of uh, of this season too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I made such a big deal a whole episode dedicated to understanding the formation of personality because if you understand w- which parts of your personality dominate mm-hmm. and where you're opposite from your partner and it's going to stay like that it makes it a bit easier I think to know what you have to just let it go and you know that is not going to change it's it belongs in the accepting
1: that actually leads to my next question about the points of disconnection and i know you work with a lot of couples and you have a lot of experience with this but it's like how how does one know this is a point of disconnection or even you as a, as a therapist, how do you know looking at the couple that it's a point of disconnection? I
0: don't know in the beginning. It's no way to know. It, it Time tells. So if the same exact theme comes up, the same exact fight comes up, not the way that you fight, but the theme, theme you're fighting about. The theme, yeah. Because the pattern that you fight is always the same, by the way. Mm. It's always the same. But the themes you fight about. So if the themes keep coming up, there is a theme that there's never going to be an agreement. Mm-hmm. So it's it's through time. So I, I will ask, you know, if a couple has seen other therapies before, I will want to know, explore, what themes did they work on and what themes are still coming up after years. Then I become suspicious, Mm -hmm. and then I wait to have the couple prove my suspicion Mm -hmm. one way or another Mm -hmm. before. So it takes time before you can make a statement, this is a point of disconnection, it's never going to change. Accept it and move on. Mm-hmm. Walk around it. Mm. Focus on the points where you connect. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes time. I I'm see. glad you're bringing that up because I don't think I emphasize it too much in the presentation, the episode before. But it does take, it, it does take time mm-hmm. and observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen in
1: your own experience that a point of disconnection does change or does that mean it really wasn't a point of disconnection in the first place?
0: I did see a point of disconnection change, but after many, many years, Mm. we are talking 10 and 15 Mm. years. We're not talking a couple of years. So it is possible, but you can see that that requires unfathomable amount of patience
1: yeah and evolution yeah
0: interesting and evolution that's right for 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 both people Mm -hmm. Uh, expansion of which means work on themselves and uh, yeah okay and my last
1: question you speak about vulnerability and in conflict I wanted to know, does that mean both partners are vulnerable or could there be conflict where one person is vulnerable and the other isn't, and you're able to work through the conflict with just expressing your side and having the other person listen and work it out with you?
0: Okay. Both people are vulnerable. Whether they admit it or not, they recognize it or not, that's a different subject.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But vulnerable, we as humans, we move between vulnerability and power all the time. Mm. Whether we are, realize it or not, that's something else. And the more we neglect the vulnerability, the more we stay in power. I see. And that creates more conflict. Because conflict gets resolved when people decide to go under the power and find and meet each other where they're vulnerable. So even under the power there's
1: vulnerability?
0: Always. Okay. Power exists to protect vulnerability. Wow. (laughs) So the more powerful you feel, the more charge you get, the more convinced you are, the more self-righteous you become, the more judgmental you get, the more power you have, which means the more you try to protect, Mm -hmm. hide or bury your vulnerability. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to apply that to so many areas of my life. Because it seems like, I mean, do you see this with couples too, that one person could be more in power and one person's more in the vulnerability
0: side or it always fluctuates? It moves. It moves. It moves. They, when there is a conflict, conflict exists because both people are in power. So Ah, even if the person that appears to be, you know, um, uh, on the right or the victim or the, you know, or uh, the weak, the the weak, weakness carries a lot of power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Weakness, you know, if I appear like a weak person, I have the power to control you even better because mm-hmm. you you might feel sorry for me, you might be convinced I need help, maybe you will compromise because I can take it, I can handle it. weakness <laughs> carries a lot of power. so weakness is not necessarily you know vulnerability vulnerability it's it's where our basic needs l- lie. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: that makes a lot of sense now. So some people are not aware of their vulnerability. Most people,
0: most people, people, we are not aware or want to admit that we carry vulnerability because unfortunately in different cultures, vulnerability equals weakness. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, living in the United States where the United States personality is about power, vulnerability is just no place for when we talk about vulnerability, you know, I have a whole episode on vulnerability that we talk, it's about openness, it's about receptivity it's about where do you feel insecure or scared or, or uh, allowing to feel love and, and, and appreciation of beauty, so it can go both directions Yeah, to be open to be open
1: And you gave a lot of words to describe vulnerability in the last episode, which was really helpful, like even tiredness and hunger. It's like, oh, wow, that in I think most people's minds, you don't associate that with vulnerability. And that could have been adding to the conflict.
0: Totally. And so frequently. Yeah. People don't realize that when they're hungry, they are in a state of vulnerability when. So go feed yourself and then sit and talk. when you are exhausted and tired you are in a state of vulnerability take care and it's your responsibility to take care of that first before you go um and meet someone so when you meet you are not in total vulnerability and not in total power but somewhere taking from both integrating both beautiful this is so helpful I am so glad. Thank you for coming, Bianca. Thank you. The next topic coming up is vulnerability. If you're interested in being on my podcast, please email me at podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Yahara!